Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't have to do here. it. Sick. I'll see you later. Cool. <laughs> With better Tyler. <laughs> better oh. Tyler. <laughs> no, Asher's better than... Tell him yeah. introducing him at the show. Yeah. Yeah. This is our drummer. His name is Better Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is actual episode one of Funk House, because we we had a bungle with episode zero and like episode one paperback couldn't make it, so a bungle. Yeah, this was supposed to be episode two. What is a bungle? A bungle is like a mistake. It's a nice way of saying a mistake. Ah, I bungled that. I've never heard anyone say that, but yeah. I kind of like that a lot. Maybe I just made this word up. Yeah, it's fine. I want listeners to, words, to like chime in and say if they have ever heard of the word bungle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, wow react for never heard of bungle. Laugh react for have heard of bungle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So I want to like run faster on this episode though so. okay no nonsense okay. serious diy I topics do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> i'll tell you that right now considering um, how we started things off yeah. i don't know how serious yeah. we're good okay we can so, so i'm gonna do this without saying not saying people's names so ward is yes. my is my co-host hi and, yeah and then no one can see me Luis waving from sport is my guest what's up <laughs> and what does he what? do in sport what is his is he the drummer? Is he the guitarist? Is he just, he, you know, <laughs> he just hangs out. Follow them around. You're the lead person. Act like I do something. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> like, I've obviously we've played a show together before, and I've listened to your record, and then I sent it to Ward. We have. Yeah, we what played in. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. You can't do this to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm very gullible. No. Um, no. no I, I sent it to Ward because uh, Ward was like, "Oh, what does Spork sound like?" And I was like. Uh, kind of. You j- uh, here's the band camp link. <laughs> yeah. And uh, God damn. I'm so sorry. No, no. It's uh, it's it's, gen- it's genreless. It I love. Good. I yeah. mean this in like the best way. Like I can't peg it down, which is usually like a thing I pride myself on. I got you. So like, in your own words. <laughs> My own words. <laughs> How the heck do you bill yourself? Fuck, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. I really don't know. How I would define myself because I just take a lot of like weird influence from a lot of different things. Okay. Yeah. Give me like, give me some names you can drop. Oh, I mean, not even like saying like any bands in particular, but like oh, okay. a lot of like the guitar chords that I do, I kind of like revolve them a lot around like bossa nova. And, oh. Like, those type of like chordal progressions and structure. Oh, you know technical stuff. Not technical. I'm out no. of my depth. No, <laughs> I just like I grew up listening to like a lot of like Carlos Hobeem and like Gilberto and like all that kind of shit growing up. Because my grandpa had, like, a lot of Bossa Nova and Latin records. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so, just from that and, like, listening to that, I've always just kind of been drawn to, like, those type of sounds. That's... And... I, I mean... And so, like, eventually... I feel like I hear that more in your voice. I mean, not even so much that, but it was just, like, eventually, like, when I started learning guitar, like, a lot of the stuff that I learned kind of revolved around that. But okay. then I also listen to, like, a bunch of other genres of music, of course, because in middle and high school, you're exposed to, like, all these other bands. Yeah. And so, like, eventually you kind of decide, not decide, but, like, you're kind of drawn to the idea of, like, combining different genres when you start to join bands and start writing your own music. Because you're I just went with the directly idea. one directional. I was just like, what if I just <laughs> copied <laughs> I everything I like, this one band that I like? Yeah. I mean, I've <laughs> definitely done that plenty of times. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. Eventually, you just kind of like work 
on that and to find your own sound. Yeah. And I was like, I like indie music. I like R&B. I like bossa nova. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what if I do all these things in a really shitty composition of No, it's oh, okay. You don't have good. to. Yeah. I I'm glad you good. like it. Thank you. Yeah. But like, I didn't even even think to look actually. Uh, like, what tags did you use on on Bandcamp? I don't think I used. I think Asher put it on Bandcamp. Didn't you? Asher. Asher is also in the room. Asher's the drummer. He's in the audience. I did I? No, I didn't put it on Bandcamp. I didn't. I I thought you okay. Maybe I put it on Bandcamp. Let me see if I put any tags. I don't know what's up right now. I don't remember saying any because I look. I don't think I put it yeah. in because I don't like doing that. <laughs> well, that's that's actually the whole thing that I wanted to talk about. Like this, like I want this session to mostly be about like genre defining how you use that for uh, like billing yourself and like sort of like what your tactic is there. There are tags. Oh, what is, what are your tags? So we have alternative. Oh, okay. Emo. Yeah, I'll indie give you rock, uh huh, jazzy, uh huh, post rock, and the last hashtag is Tampa. No, I, I would give so I, don't I think would give you all of those. Yeah, like I would I would say you're like an indie band with like some emo stuff because, like you were a little bit lighter when I saw you play. I think, but like the I, promo yeah, video you put out, you like it. like screamed a little bit. That was. Yeah, that was good. That was I, really I good. I'm just gonna Tyler just go right to through that. It. I'm just gonna. We're not gonna let you. Oh, no. yeah. That was good. <laughs> um. But like, uh, okay, so in St. Augustine, there's like five main sort of active bands and none of them sound the same. And so we're super used to mixed bills. Yeah. But I know in like other places, people are like, listen, I'm really sorry. You got to be on a mixed bill. And I'm like, that's, that's normal for me. Like I'm used to being on the same bill with like my emo band with like, like a white guy reggae band. And then like some man just screaming at a wall. Yeah. Like and like that's totally normal here and like bar patrons don't really mind, mm-hmm. but I know in some towns it gets ultra clicky and you're from Tampa so I thought Tampa's a little bit clicky. Big city. Yeah. How, how does booking <laughs> yourself good. work, being in the weird sort of middle ground of genres that you are? Um. Oh, fuck, I mean for one Tampa has like a very strange, very clicky following. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you go to, like, a hardcore show in Tampa, you're going to get a very specific crowd. If you go to any type of indie show in Tampa, you're going to get a very specific crowd. Mm-hmm. The bands that usually play at the bars around there are usually, like, on the jazzy kind of, like, showroom cover band side. Sure. And yeah, yeah. so, to, like, kind of, like, find your way in, you just kind of really have to meet certain people and just kind of, like, I don't know, convince them to let you on more or less. Okay, so it's more yeah. about connecting with the people than it really is even convincing them to like even listen to your music and decide if they like you or not. It's um, like them knowing you as a person. Usually, yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean like I mean I do I do enjoy Tampa a lot. It's definitely a very awesome city, but it's very weird to kinda like find your in whenever you're like starting a band and not right. really establishing your sound yet. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, like, okay, so, like, switching to Ward, like, with your experience here booking, like, bands will send me, like, emo bands, because they know I play emo. Right. They're like, yeah, book yeah. my emo band. I know you. I'm like, I love you, but you don't want to come here. Trust me. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> when people, like, reach out to you, do you do it based off of, like, like uh, Luis was saying, like, people you know, or, like, people you, you personally want to see, or people you think will fit genre-wise? Like, how much does that play into you deciding to take or not take a show? It's kind of a mix of everything. So, like, listening to what you were saying, you know, from a promoter standpoint, you have to look at or uh, 
I would think hopefully a good promoter <laughs> would look at it this way because this is how I look at it. You know, is this something that people will like? Is it so? Is it worth it to book them a show to have them come here? Well, that's a rough question because like worth it. We have a pretty low bar of entry, at least in St. Augustine, because yeah. the venues are free. But I uh, know I mean worth it for the band. Gotcha. To play here, oh, what a or are they going to play to basically an empty room? Yeah, yeah, where yeah. They're not, you know. And then also there is that thing. Okay, they sound, they may sound great, but are there other acts to pair with them that are going to bring people that are going to enjoy them? Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. And that can't, that can be, that can be hard sometimes. For me personally, I always try to make the show work, but it's a matter of those questions, answering those questions. Yeah. You know, and there have been some bands where I've said. You know, you sound awesome. I'd love to book you here, but no one is going to like really pair with you. So I don't know if we're going to be able to get people out. You know, right. maybe better going to a different this city or this yeah. city where you're going to like attract fans and get more of a following. Yeah, and sometimes you could even throw together a mixed bill. Right. But like I've seen it where like people will be standing inside for the bands they know or whatever, and then this other band comes on. They listen to like the first. 30 seconds and they're just like oh this is my chance to go outside and smoke mm-hmm. and it's just like oh god i'm so sorry <laughs> like you know they, they might still get paid but if you're you know you want to get paid but you also want to be getting some fans you want to be getting some attention right. yeah um so like how does that typically go for you guys do you think that you have like a niche that you fill in your area or is it like kind of sifting around because you said you've played out of tampa more than yeah in. definitely more often than not we usually play outside of tampa than in is it mm-hmm because of like the other bands that are around like and like how you fit with them or is I it think just like uh, me and uh was it me and the band were talking about this earlier i think with you actually where it's like um playing shows in tampa especially for like the type of music that we play yeah it's um very like you pretty much get asked to play every single show possible or you have to like beg for it like there's not really like an in-between where it's like Got you it. can reach out and just get on a show and so on so forth are there so, bands like in your genre who are big or are you like skirting around the popular genre in the local area yeah yes okay there are definitely like bands in the area where like you'll at least catch them like two or three times a month oh and yeah. people still go out yes wow mm-hmm. that's really interesting that's it is, yeah. i think that's totally different than our like musical I mean, it's ecosystem really cool, here honestly. Like, oh I, yeah i like that people care enough to like go out and support these bands but it's also kind of hard to like, and I don't want to like sound like I'm complaining at all. That's but yeah. it's just um, this is the place. Nobody, can, nobody's ever gonna find out. It's definitely like a very like who you know type thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you? And it sucks because like there's barely any places to start small and get your name out there to those people. Yeah, having like a hierarchy yeah. of venues, having so like. I feel like we've been kind of like working ourselves nice. from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So like we've been playing in St. Pete, which is like right across like a bridge from Tampa. Right, but it's right. always considered a different town. Right. Everyone yeah. always is like, "There's Tampa, and then there's St. Pete." It's, it's like, weird. It's almost like turf war kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like people from St. Pete are like, "Oh, people in Tampa suck," and then like vice versa. <laughs> but um, it's literally all the same place. Yeah, for the most part. Have but, you? Uh, no, yeah. go on. Sorry. Uh, but I don't know. That was pretty much it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, have you caught yourself like? tailoring any of the sounds you're going after or like tailoring who you're putting on bills based off of trying to get in with certain people like like you know when a more punky band comes here i'm like okay we're gonna do a punkier set or like when a more emo band comes in we're gonna do a lighter set with more reverb pedals have have you like 
changed any to try to fit in with the people you're trying to get in with? Not really, because we don't Hell really yeah. have too many songs to begin with. <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. Yeah. I, you could have said it was a like ethical thing, but you yeah, know, sure. Definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> I um, we definitely have um, kind of like taken certain songs off of our set list mm-hmm. just because of like we don't think that they do well with the crowd. Or, like, they're not very well received by, like, a mass amount of people. Interesting. But, I mean, it's all not even just, like, the idea of, like, what everyone else's opinions are going to be about that song, but also ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, That's I'm fair. not really going to, like, cut down my set specifically just to cater to everyone else. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, as you write more songs, you realize what you could do differently with your old ones and so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> There's something to be said for a kind of, like, understanding a room though i would guess exactly yeah. like when you play certain songs you can kind of like gauge the room and see like mm-hmm. what's being received well what you could do be, what you could be doing differently right yeah yeah from like from like putting the shows together i always hate to see a room kind of die and sometimes you can tell oh it's the worst it's the worst from the stage because you can't oh, you're bet. powerless and yet For you sure. have the microphone you're just yeah. looking at the audience like please don't go Please, please don't come please back. Don't to me. But sometimes from our point That's when I whip out the cookies, and I'm like, I have cookies, though. <laughs> I've, I've literally handed out food at our shows, and it works. I'm honestly, like, thinking about it. It's not a bad idea. There you go. There you go. LaCroix, fuck that. That's how yeah. we lose people. Yeah, it's I hate, you, you would lose me. I hate LaCroix. <laughs> exactly. No, that stuff's awful. We'd all be drinking LaCroix on stage. Uh, Everyone would be like, I don't trust this We're going to lose our LaCroix sponsorship if we keep doing <laughs> I hope you don't have a LaCroix sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Any food company wanting to sponsor me, I'll take I don't We care. will tailor our style of eating habits to whatever yeah. whoever will give us money. That's what you're saying? That's food, though. LaCroix so, not <laughs> When you were when you're booking shows, or I don't know if it's you or someone else in the group that does the booking, but when the shows are being booked, and you're looking to get on a bill, are you looking for like a certain style, or do you try to find the band yourself, or just leave it up to that city or that venue? I mean, I would prefer to like kind of get on shows where mm-hmm. I know our sound will be not too dissimilar from the rest of the bands that are on the show. I'm sorry, you're fine. Yeah, and um. <laughs> I don't know because like we've played a lot of mixed genre shows. Right. I mean, there was one show we played in. What was it? He now in Orlando, and it was literally all like spoken word and rap acts. And we were the only. Actually, no, there's one other band, but they were like That's a cool, two piece noise group. And yeah. they were wild. They were awesome. Like if you want to transition but, from spoken word to like guitar rock, anything, I think emo-y stuff is a good transition because there is a lot of like talking elements. I think. That's a good fit. More or less, yeah. That's not it super was weird. It wasn't receivable, but I think that was mostly our fault. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties at that show. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll do but, it. But I mean, you can usually kind of like gauge the crowd and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like just like from all the other groups that are playing as well, and like um, I don't know. <laughs> I, know I think this this is going to be a really broad stroke statement but i think with pretty much every genre there's like a staple drum rhythm that like all those bands go for in that genre and i think i've played a lot of really homogenous bills with like some tweakly emo bands and it's just that slow crashing the whole time and either the crowd's really about it or they're not but regardless after three or four bands it's like these people are identical and that's really 
horrible to feel as an artist when somebody like looks at you and you're like, yeah, you're just the same thing I just heard again. Mm -hmm. So like talking about trying to get on certain bills with certain people that sound similar, I think there's also a danger in that where you're like, you don't exactly. want to be too similar. That's why I said not too dissimilar. Yeah. Is dissimilar a word? I yeah. Like no, no, it's I, definitely. I thought yeah. so. I think it's a word. Yeah. I don't know. I feel weird saying it. For it's some a word reason. now. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I try to, like, find shows. I mean, we, I mean, the last few shows we played, we kind of been asked, except for this run that we're doing. Right. Of course. Mm -hmm. But um, whenever I try to get on a show, I usually try to look for bands that are kind of in the same realm, but definitely don't sound exactly like us. Right. Because that's usually where you can find a lot of people, especially like on a mixed genre show, you can find mm -hmm. a good amount of people that are open to like listening to other things. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think about like rooms a lot and I think I've noticed obviously, you know, just human beings, rhythmic drums, people are going to stick around and bob their heads. So if you're doing any sort of mathy emo, that's like a dangerous territory because if people can't sit there with their beer and like just comfortably bob along, and it's like they know the song without even hearing it then they get uncomfortable and they might leave but you also uh you're like a good singer and like i am not a good singer and i have this working against me where i am i am either whisper crying or i'm yelling I'm and i think that's yelling. an offensive thing no you you do <laughs> no you sing well and i think that's something that draws people in like also just a human being thing people's ears perk up they're like ah singing yes i'm going to go towards <laughs> this so that's like a interesting draw you have but like if you get too mathy if you get too out there you might turn away like like a normal crowd i guess like you hear that asher no weird time statement <laughs> <laughs> no but but then the musicians in the room like i'm not a technical player i don't appreciate technical playing i i look at it and i'm like oh this is impressive and then i don't care but like you're so mean every other technical player i know loves it they listen to math <laughs> and they're like oh my god they're like b flat seven four four time 13 it, it wasn't four that's the that's the simple time i i can't even say this i can't even like make up numbers that, polymeters and polyrhythms and yeah no like but people that eat that up and there's then there's certain people who maybe were in the back of the room who it's like then their ears prick and they come forward and they're like oh these guys really know what they're doing and it's like a weird <laughs> game of trying to impress people without driving other people off i don't know I, know what you mean. I mean you gotta look at pop music for example like pop music isn't very um ear challenging i guess i could say yeah no that's that's a, a yeah. really nice way to phrase that yeah that's nicer yeah. than i would have said it. i know but it's it's definitely like much <laughs> easier to be relatable it. but i mean it all comes down to like what you're gonna enjoy playing at the same time like, if you're going to, like, sit there and do, like, all those polymeters and polyrhythms and all these progressive ways of, like, creating music and you actually enjoy the process, yeah, like, eventually it shows, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's true, like but... people that are there for it are going to enjoy it. Like, because um. I definitely enjoy listening to stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, when I go to, like, these shows where, like, say, for example, I saw Meshuggah on, like, this big cruise ship, like, a week ago. No, a week ago. A couple weeks ago. It's and fine. Time it had real. one of the biggest fucking crowds on the entire ship because so many people were into it. And That's it's definitely crazy. one of the more technically challenging bands mm -hmm. on that cruise, I'd have to say. But um, just that phrase, one of the more technically challenging bands on that cruise. What a world. <laughs> what it's, a, it's it's a 2018. Words, right? Life is wild. Yeah. Music <laughs> festivals on cruise ships, man. <laughs> Who would have thought? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah I mean. I also think, like you said about, you can find people that listen to diverse styles of music. There's a, there's kind of a way 
of listening to and you can kind of get an idea or at least i feel like i can when i'm putting shows together mm-hmm. i can kind of get an idea like okay so this band doesn't sound too much like this one but what they're doing if they're fans because i always think about that i want whatever band coming through town to make new fans mm-hmm. yeah like okay so the fans of this local band even though it sounds different it's the type of thing that they will like the touring act too. It may not yeah. always have to sound the same, but certain like style music or certain things that certain ways of creating art draw people that are willing to like expand their horizons and listen and enjoy like multiple. Whereas you go to somebody that's listening to like Avenged Sevenfold or like a Disturbed. They're only going to want to listen to a band that sounds just like them, and they're not going to want to listen to an emo band or maybe even a punk band. You know what I mean? Like, this is all I'm going to listen to. This is well, I my, think people you know? will, like, surprise you. At least it, when I've tried to put bills together where I'm like, oh, I know what people who like my band will like. My my friends, like the, the band I thought they would gravitate toward on the bill that wasn't us, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, no, not really for me. But this other band, I'm like, this is totally outside of your taste. And, like, uh, my sister actually went to – the first show we played with Asher, um, and she like stood in this little coffee shop where we were like playing our weird emo y punk music and she's like, I love that breakdown of yours that sounded like disturbed and I was like, What, <laughs> what are you <laughs> hearing? And like it's no, but it's people, people hear what they want to hear. Yeah, people hear yeah. their influence because mm-hmm. really it's just it's just a heavy breakdown. And really any band can have this. Mm-hmm. But because that's her experience with heavy mm-hmm. breakdowns, mm-hmm. that's what she hears in it. And then she liked it. And I was like, well, this worked in my favor despite being, like, sort of like a funny little story. But, uh, I just, like, I would never assume this connection. Right, yeah. But uh, I'm about it. Like, gee, thanks. <laughs> um, have you guys toured out of state? No. Okay. No. So, like, one of the things I was talking with uh, somebody recently – And I was describing uh, my band, Guilt, and they said, the first question they asked was, what's the biggest band in your genre? Because I guess I was trying to, like, sell them on us. And they're like, you know, like, what's the peak that you think you could reach? And I was like, oh, like, that's an interesting idea. Like, the the cap of my genre, like, certain rock bands can cross over, like Foo Fighters, just middle-of-the-road rock and roll is about the biggest you're going to get for guitar rock. And then it's just downhill from there. Like, uh, so for like emo, I'm like, Thursday's pretty big, but those guys aren't rich. They're not like Weezer rich, you well, know? Right. And uh, I think that was the thing that I thought about when we were talking about touring was like, how do we advertise ourselves? How, how do we even want to swing the band as a whole where you're balancing out? Cause you were talking about doing what you want to do and that making your music better. But like by the same token, if you want to be ultra successful, it's like you have to balance out what you want, how well you do it, and how successful even the perfect version of that could be. Like, oh, yeah. like if you reach the perfect version of your band, how successful do you think sport could be? If I well, if you guys are like your ultimate version of yourselves, so where like you're playing the exact genre or type of music you want, like what's the biggest that could get? Like stadiums? Are there stadium bands who sound like you? I don't believe so. <laughs> Well, that, that either means there's, like, a niche to fill yeah. or it's, like, going to be super difficult. Yeah. But also, I mean, like, I guess I just don't really have that type of vision where, like, I want to see myself become big. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man, I just want to be like rolling in a bathtub of money, which I mean, is actually disgusting. That's Money's what you gross. Do, that's all you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the visual. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've never really like gone into any band thinking about being big. Like I honestly just enjoy it. Interesting. It's it sounds cliche, but like I just enjoy making the music and I no. enjoy playing out and playing shows. I feel that. I just yeah. uh like, I, I've always just kind of like had that mindset where it's like if it does get big, then that's cool. But yeah. it's not something I'm really gonna work towards because at that point it does become work. Right. Yeah, like you gotta yeah. think. No, like once right. you become that yeah. level of successful, it's work. Yep. Because yeah. Because you have to do those interviews. You have to play those tours. You have to go to these meet and greets. Like it's yeah. a lot. You're gonna I, find people that say, you know, you wrote this song or this album back. We want that sound again. They're gonna try yeah. to try to dictate exactly. what you sound like. It's like and, starting a business. You know, yeah. it's like I mean, if you it want it to become is. a big successful worldwide business, it's gonna be work. Yeah. You gotta hire more people. You gotta manage all these stores. You gotta franchise out. Like, I just uh, I get kind of nervous when I hear bands say like we just do it because we enjoy doing it, not because I don't think that's awesome, but more of the oversaturation of the scene. No, not okay. Our not scene that. is super undersaturated. <laughs> our scene is a it's not even that's like a dry like sponge. It's still coral. Is that like we don't need people playing just to play? And it's no, like, no. It's uh, it's not sustainable. Those bands. They, they do one or two tours, they lose money on it because they don't really care about, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on that. Because they don't, nobody wants to be a jerk and you're talking to somebody who's doing you a favor, setting up a show and just being like, oh, am I going to get paid? Or like focusing on how much you're going to get paid. But I've seen a bunch of bands that I love just be like, we can't keep going anymore. Like we're just out of money. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I do worry about I, that. I mean, I've met plenty of people who are like in bands that were getting bigger and starting the tour and getting signed. And, like, slowly, like, a member or two would just start dropping. Yeah. And they'd change the lineup. And then another member would drop. Yeah. Because they just couldn't handle it. Yeah. 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 yeah like, uh. They're like, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of right. touring all the mm-hmm. time and not having a place to sleep every night. Yeah. I'm tired of not being sure if I'm going to eat for the rest of the day. Yeah. And even you know? if the band, like, the band bank account is at least stable, yeah. the the people still have rent to pay at home, still exactly. have, like, expenses at home. And like uh, that was another thing too. Like a lot of people I met that joined bigger bands or started playing in a bigger band, they had to move back in with their parents, yeah, or find places to couch crash whenever they were back home, right, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. so, I, so I it just depends on like how uncomfortable you're willing on being in order to get to where you need to that's, be. Yeah, that's a really good way that's to put that. That's a really good way yeah. of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> how much, I was thinking, like, how much you're willing to sacrifice. Like, exactly. But it's like more how much you're willing to sacrifice and how much you're willing to be uncomfortable to really get to yeah. where you want yeah. to get to. Because I have, like, a similar resource, like you were saying. Like, I live with my parents, and so that's mm-hmm. – I don't have to worry about rent. That's really the only reason I'm able to do band stuff is because exactly. I don't have that expense. But it's like a – like, it's a degree of discomfort to not have – the same amount of personal space as other people like my age like I, I do give up a little bit doing that and I like I have a great relationship with my family nothing against that but it's like a thing and I, I wouldn't say it's a sacrifice but it's a certain amount of discomfort mm-hmm. it's just like yeah but it's worth it to be able to be in a band it's a little discomfort like mm-hmm. the fact that you have to answer to someone constantly it's a little like less privacy than you'd like yeah like, I get it yeah but, but then you get to get play shows and make your art yeah. that you may not would get to yeah so there's exactly. so I many wish I could save an extra 500, 600 bucks a month and oh just put God. it towards music stuff. Yeah, it's like, any day. I really don't know how other people do like band stuff. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I've talked to some people recently, and they said you got to do local shows 
where it's just all locals and you're all like making money but even that it's like with a four or five person band if everybody just took an extra shift at their job that night you'd make more money than if you're playing a show so i'm like how do your mm. bands survive when you don't have some sort of resource like you know like somebody's paying your bills or somebody's taking care of you or giving you some sort of like sugar mamas yeah sugar like daddies. oh my god <laughs> oh that would just make everything perfect um okay so sugar mamas hit me up <laughs> <laughs> this is good this is like a I'm trying to get famous <laughs> i thought you weren't trying to get <laughs> no no, no it's, it's, it's a joke if you, if oh, you do he, it he just caught himself now yeah right oh shit i'm caught um okay so speaking of genre like all the way back to that uh you're gonna play a song right i am what is is this one of the ones from your record no oh a newer one. New, ooh, ooh. New do you want to like preface anything about it or do you want to just like, we'll go in blind and then we'll talk about it afterwards um fuck. what was that I was trying to like Ward, without speaking tell him that Logan Ward was, was here. Trying to Ward was using the <laughs> slowest version of ASL okay. possible. That's fine. Like that's I didn't fine. grow up next to the deaf and blind school. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess um there's not really any way to preface this except for the fact that like uh it's gonna be a little more of like my like more recent thoughts. Because like a lot of the stuff on the E P I'd say it's shitty to say, but about two of them were written when I actually felt those emotions, and then the rest were written kind of like trying to dig pat like to like my past self and try to like build something off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole Where conversation like the, there. Almost makes oh, it like yeah. very yeah. ingenuine at that point. Not completely disingenuine, but um, no, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I do enjoy playing those songs, but. I have to say, like, there's two of them that I genuinely enjoy playing, which that will be kind of apparent whenever the next album comes out. Okay. Yeah. And then the rest are just kind of, like, filling in space. Yeah. So that's why I've kind that. of been enjoying, like, playing these newer songs that we've been writing a lot more because it deals a lot with what I've actually kind of just been thinking about nowadays. I can't wait until you guys are actually like a really big successful band. What we're talking like <laughs> 30 years from you're like I hate playing our entire discography. I'm past yeah, it. You're going to be that guy who, who the, the fans are going to request your the songs right. then you're just going to be like I can't. I don't I don't feel it anymore. You're yeah, going right. to be like Tom York saying we're not playing Creep. Shut the fuck up. We're not playing oh Creep. Oh my god. Yeah, right. Listen, why would you even show up Tom York? All right. Like, All right. What is it? Like American football like they came back and they're like it's weird playing songs from like when we were teenagers and talking about our breakups and shit. Oh, right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean... It's like, it's kind of weird to think about. I get that, but... Yeah, exactly. In my opinion, your art is a chronicle of your feelings, as well as yeah, the course. thing you're doing at the moment. So it's kind of That's fun to it's revisit. Like, a lot of, like, a lot of the lyrics that I have written, like, especially on that EP, like, a lot of them I definitely don't agree with the way I was talking about those emotions now. But yeah. back when I was going through but that... But that was the way was you were feeling them it, when you felt exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing wrong and with so, that. And so, like, it's, it's always weird to talk about because I'll play them and people ask me about them. And I'm like, yeah, like, I like that song, but I don't feel that way anymore. Right. And it's it's weird, yeah. but it's still relatable in some certain ways because some other people are going through the same thing. Yeah, I was about to say, if it's not relatable to you anymore, it doesn't mean yeah, it's exactly. not to uh, somebody else. And that's half the reason we do this. All right, so exactly. what's the name of the song? 
Uh, I haven't thought of a name yet, actually. Wow. Ooh. That's when you just say, like, this is like untitled. Or you just, like, go yeah. through your phone and be like, ooh, file number 0021. I mean, it's funny enough, actually, the EP, like, we didn't really have titles for any of the songs until, like, a week before it was about to come out or something. That's okay. Some, yeah, some bands that's super important and some bands like it's not. Like, that's two, yep. that's fine. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we're going to shut this down, then we're going to hear your song. Sounds good. Sweet. All right, I'm Lewis from Spork, and this is a song.
cool. Nice song. I clapped. Did you? It made me clap. I'm sorry. Nobody clapped for me, so you know that it was real clapping. No one clapped for you? Yeah, I did episode zero and nobody clapped. So Why did anyone clap? It wasn't good enough, I guess. That's bullshit. I'm sure it was great. (laughs) I would have clapped. I didn't even hear it, but I would have clapped. I feel like there's a... Not enough things where you just like ask artists like, so what do the lyrics mean? Even though you have like some pretty direct lyrics in that, but like a lot of my lyrics are very direct. Okay. I don't really do a lot of metaphors or anything. Talk to me about it. About the song? Yeah, talk to me about the song. Okay, um, it was dealing uh, with a point in my life where I mean, everyone eventually at some point deals with some sort of existential dread, but it was kind of like a point in my life where I was thinking a lot about the fact that I have like a lot of religious friends. I have a lot of non-religious friends. Yeah, I, I have a lot of like people that are challenging in between. Faith. Yeah, yeah two. I picked up on that too. Yeah. And so like there does come a point where like you kind of think, because I mean, I am an atheist. Okay. And like there does come a point where like you do think, well, am I the wrong person? Like am I the one that is not believing for all the wrong reasons? Am I the one that's not really seeing what everyone else is seeing and really kind of like catching everyone else's drift or so on and so forth yeah and so like that song kind of like deals with like a lot of that because with um uh not existentialism but like nihilism and atheism like there does come that point where you're like well if i have nothing then what else is there it's sure. like well okay. i don't follow any type of religion i don't believe in any type of higher power so it's like what's the point like, yeah, I might as well die. <laughs> and so oh, that's depressing. It, it is really depressing. <laughs> that's how you know you're an emo band. And so, like, because <laughs> of that, I have ended up losing like a lot of friends over time, because some people are very deep rooted in their faith to the opposite extreme that they don't want to be associated with anyone that has any different point of view. Right. That deals with that. Well, I think I, so. I like that you said you were wondering if you were wrong, because I think whether you are on either end of the spectrum or anywhere in the middle like mm. on faith stopping and thinking maybe i'm just absolutely wrong and like being able to step outside of it and looking at it from like third person that's important it helps yeah. you have a more like intellectual approach to whatever it is like exactly. i know tons of people who are faith oriented who have very intellectual approaches mm-hmm. versus people who just well you know i was raised this way and therefore i assume mm-hmm. like that's exactly that's cool. and that's like something i've had to learn especially like in later eight like Later on in my life is like I do realize that back when I was very um, headstrong and very um, firm with everything that I believed and always just kind of like met that confirmation bias and always tried to kind of convince myself that I was right no matter what. And that led to like a a lot of complications with a lot of people that I was very well acquainted with in my life. And so there does come a point where, like, you kind of just have to admit to yourself that you can be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. And it's also more than okay to be able to kind of, like, challenge your own mindset from time to time to really help yourself grow. And that just... That's so mature. There's nothing I can pick apart there. (laughs) I was was not ready for, like, a really, like, level-headed point of view on that. Yeah. Would... Is the is the song, does it kind of go through all those stages, or is it more written when you were in one of them? Or? It was written when I was wondering, it, like, 
as I was saying, like I was wondering if I was the one that was wrong about faith and wrong about religion mm -hmm. because of the fact that I kept losing people that I considered close to me or important to me in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like where the whole like watching all my friends like mm -hmm. kind of like not pay attention to me or not associate with me because I live a different lifestyle than theirs. That's like the first part of the song. Right. And the second part of the song is like watching people like lose their faith within their religion mm -hmm. and wondering like what they think about like what they once believed and what they believe now. Right. Yeah. Do you and take it as a conciliatory thing? Like, do you feel like you've gotten comfortable with the idea of not being able to associate with certain people because of differences or is it like still sort of like a sore point? I mean, I definitely have a very tight, not very tight, very, um, I guess you could just say like a very tight knit group of friends where we're very understanding of each other and whether like we don't believe what the other believes, we do still remain friends. Right. And like, that's even like including within my own band. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And any other bands that I've ever played with or just other friends that I see on a day to day basis. That's okay. Yeah. So that's, that's but like a fun. That's, that's, that's the thing though is like, um, you do meet a lot of people that will just instantly kind of write you off because of like what you believe or what you stand for sure. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But, um, where was I going with this? Um, lost my train of thought. What was the question again? You asked it. Oh, no, yeah, okay. that was my thing. But, like, yeah. that led me to, mm -hmm. like, we're getting away from your song in particular. Right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. In general, I think, at least in my experience with, like, especially punk stuff, uh, there's a predisposition in the scene as a whole towards sort of, like, leftist politics and anti-religious sentiment. Like, so this could be, like, a sort of an in for you with people, but you seem like you wouldn't, like, use that. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's, like, an in for you like that you would like try to exploit or anything but like has that been a thing that you've noticed where like there are people who like pick up on that specifically and like maybe like you because of that even if they're not as into your like musicality but they're like oh those lyrics resonate with me because i can tell your like ethos or political stance or belief mm -hmm. structure like has that been a thing like in scene for you not particularly because i haven't really influenced much of like my own personal beliefs into my music before okay mm -hmm. this is definitely the first oh okay where i've actually right, really right. ever exploited that and even at that i haven't performed the song except for once outside of gotcha. tonight and that was funny enough within a group of a lot of religious people but they mm -hmm. also very much like the song and like wanted to talk to me more about it which i thought was really that's cool awesome yeah that's really cool no, then that's my next question is um, you know we're here talking about it do you enjoy that having people ask because like some artists they play the song and the last thing they want to do is then get questions what does that mean do you enjoy when people like have well, questions that's what you showed about up here it? for today so. <laughs> yeah true but i'm just no i definitely enjoy it i like opening up that conversation mm -hmm. for sure because like it helps break down boundaries you know what i mean like there are so many there's right. millions of religions around the entire world and being so deep rooted into one and really believing that everyone else is wrong is very ignorant. Mm -hmm. And so whenever like someone is like willing to open up that conversation with me and willing to break down any boundaries or any like preconceptions that people have about people that don't follow a certain faith or follow a different faith or mm -hmm. are in between like what they actually believe, then I think that's really important because yeah. it helps everyone understand each other a lot more. 
All right, so I like I ended the last one on a hot take, and it's at the same time. All right, I have two minutes, so hot take. Um, I was. I actually... got a question first. I'm gonna oh, interrupt no. you. Oh no! Oh god! Yeah. I was wondering this while you were singing because your voice reminded me of him. Do you ever listen to David Bazan? I don't. <laughs> he is a lot of his music is very similar to what that song is about. Okay. He went from being a religious artist under the name of Pedro the Lion to being kind I've of, heard of Pedro the Lion, uh, actually. Yeah, so he, okay. so he went from that to then being kind of like, screw religion, I hate all of you, to now he's in this middle ground where everyone kind of loves him from all sides, and he gets kind of like loves everyone Found back. A sweet spot. Yeah, so, but not only does your voice remind me of him, but the song and what you're talking about is completely him. So I thought maybe you had, yeah, check him out. You may like him, yeah. I'll check him out. Well, now we only have one minute for the hot take. Okay, you got to speed through this. All right, get ready. It's the, it's the bonus round. Oh, God. All right, so I was having a conversation today with uh, somebody, and uh, I used to own this shirt uh, from a band called Mindless Self-Indulgence, which is super problematic lyrically. And uh, it just said on the shirt, you're going to die alone. And, like, it's an edgy statement, but uh, I liked it. So I realized twice in a row, unintentionally, I wore it to visit my grandmother in the hospital. And, like, this is not a shirt to wear to a hospital. And, like, as much as whatever, you know, that's a really silly circumstance, I think there's a thing where, like, art that is going to really challenge somebody's, like, deeply held beliefs, even if you think those beliefs are incorrect or ignorant. You understand how belief helps people get through things, and you don't want to push people away with it. And it's like uh, we were talking about wearing, like, bad religion shirts. Like, you could still really upset somebody just wearing a bad religion shirt. And, like, how do you stand on the potential to, like, really just upset somebody with it? Like, are you, like, accepting of that if you can't have a conversation with them? If like, you can't have a conversation with Yeah, like, with if them? somebody just, like, listens to it or if somebody, like, hears you and just doesn't want to engage, like... I feel like that's just something you kind of have to accept at that point because you you shouldn't really have to, like, change yourself or really kind of, like, force yourself to go uh, this like, is, this around is take. anyone else's boundaries, you know yeah. what I mean? And so if someone's not, like, not really willing to kind of, like, have a conversation with you about it or yeah. not really be willing to, like, look on your side about it, then... I, I philosophically agree with you. I just feel like, especially Ward definitely has this point of view, but yeah. like uh, being on the inside and like carrying that burden with you, knowing you could push away people you care about, like you were talking about in the mm -hmm. song, like it's kind of like murky waters. You, it's it's the value of putting out art you really care about mm -hmm. versus losing people you might care about, and that's I don't know. For me, that's always a hard choice. It's a very hard choice. I mean, you definitely don't want to, like, lose the people in your life that you care about. But at the same time, though, like, living your entire life without feeling like all of your emotions have been expressed or, like, you're kind of, like, hiding certain things about yourself because you're scared, yeah. it doesn't really do you any justice. You're right. Yeah. All right. Don't lose yourself. That's just me. Yeah, no, you, <laughs> you guys got me. You you just you got the the right answers on it. It's just like you don't want to be a dick about it either. Though. I mean, just be yeah, like, don't be a dick yeah, about whatever. it. Whatever. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what you think. This is who I am all the time. But if you're respectful, if yeah. they're not going to be respectful back, then that's, that's, it. that's yeah. on them. Yeah, yeah, you're living your your best life. Mm -hmm. Live right. your truth. Well, uh, <laughs> on that thanks note, thanks for there being you know. on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks cool. for having me. Um, and sports going on. 
Alright, everyone who's gonna see this a month from now. Spork's going on in like an hour. So be it Sarbest. An hour. Two hours. Okay. It's more like it's it. our best. <laughs>